Well, that was fun. Thursday, September 23rd, 2021. And just finished my Chinese class. Uh, interesting. The uh, It was informative, definitely. A lot more review again today. Um, some of these grammatical structures that I encounter um, with the... And it's not... It is the grammar structures, and it's me. It's the way that I'm thinking. I'm approaching Chinese grammar uh, with an English language mindset, and it's throwing me off more times than not. I'll give you two examples. So in Chinese, there's a verb structure or a sentence structure where you have your uh, subject, then you say your verb, and then uh, you the, the verb has an object, and then you say the verb again, and then you give the timestamps. Uh, so the example that my teacher just gave me is 我写作业写了一个小时 So 我, the subject, I, 写 is your verb to write, and then 作业 is homework, and then 写了 is to write again, but with 了, and 了 is a particle indicating completion of the event, and then 一个小时 is for half hour. So it's things like this, and this is the, the subject, verb one, object, verb subject, and then timestamp. Things like this throw me for a loop, I'm not going to lie. And the other one, there, there was another one where we were using way. So uh, for, the way is the character for uh, for four. 我每天工作八个小时。So我每天工作八个小时。So for eight hours, but there's no four and there's no sure, so no yo. So in English, I work for eight hours, I have work, or I go to work for eight hours. So there's all these little words go for uh, that sort of pop up in an English sentence that are eliminated when you are speaking Chinese. This is very so. I had the same issue with uh, Russian too, and I was like, yeah, yeah. Was it ya 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 idu narobotu? And it's like I go on to work, which is different than what we'd say in English. So it's not to say that this is overly complicated for anybody or for any other reason other than when approaching this structure, it is difficult for me to think this in real time. When I read it, I understand. But when I go to speak, it's a lot more difficult to uh, actually put this into practice um, on demand, I guess you could say. So this is something uh, I've, been, I've been struggling with. I'm actually looking for, I think I have one of these grammar books already, but uh, I'd have to look for it a little bit closer in that I just want something where it gives me a grammar structure and I just can practice it 10 to 15 times. That's it. I would, If I could find that, I think that'd be a, a pretty good thing to have. Anyway, pretty uh, productive day today. Again, up in the morning, got my Chinese characters done. I'm not gonna say, not I'm not gonna lie, not feeling altogether motivated sometimes. But uh, I figure if I can get up, have my coffee very quickly, uh, and then get out for my walk, and then do those characters. Like it's 30 minutes of care of just constant vocabulary every day. It's a lot. But that being said. In going through last week's class notes, I'm looking at some of these uh, the words that she was writing down. I'm going, I recognize these words because I've gone through them already in the, the HSK5 word list. So it is picking up. And again today, I watched another movie and I, I'm seeing some more you know, vocabulary pop up again.
So it is, it is paying off. Uh, reading has gotten a little bit easier. Uh, and uh, I am slowly ending, getting towards the end of this comic book that I'm reading, which was actually kind of funny because the uh, the chapter that I'm on today, or the little short story that I'm on, it deals with uh, the ch different types of Chinese uh, zongzi and jiaozi and youtiao. So these are all different. Like, uh, zongzi are your, um, uh, you eat them at uh, Dragon Boat Festival, dra Dragon Boat Holiday. Uh, those are your rice cakes, rice triangles. <laughs> How do you translate rice dumplings basically? Uh, Jiaozi are your Chinese dumplings, and then Youtiao are these uh, are like donuts except they're not round; they're long, uh, fried dough basically, uh, and all be served. And this it, it was interesting because, and the reason why this stuck out was because the Youtiao coming to the story. This these animated Youtiao are talking about how the, the the northern people and the southern people eat these things. And one of them says, well, yeah, we dip them into dojiang, into the soybean, uh, soybean milk. And the other guy's like, what? You, what? You don't dip yo tiao. How dare you? And, but I dip my yo tiao <laughs> into the soybean milk. I, it's just easier to eat that way. Uh, same with the spices. Like, uh, I'll use the same uh, jiaozi, jiang, jiaozi sauce for my yo tiao, which some people look at me and go, I don't, that's, that's bizarre. Why do foreigners do that sort of thing? Anyway, so interesting chapter. Uh, the word I learned today was uh, jan, to dip, jan jang. So you dip something into sauce. Yeah, at least it picked up something, right? <laughs> uh, today's movie, this week's movie, hopefully it's, uh, hopefully I'll get another chance to watch another movie, maybe tomorrow or Saturday. Uh, Saturday will be busy since I, I am set up to be recording another podcast episode. Uh, but today's movie was the story of Chou Ju. Uh, in Chinese, it's Chou Ju Da Guan Si. So this was a. If you want to see what China was like 30 years ago, this film was released in 1992. This is the China that you probably have stereotypically in your mind if you know anyone who visited China prior to the Olympics. So that this like lots of bikes, there's still lots of people. Uh, that sort of Soviet architecture where all the buildings are about six floors high or something. Uh, so no tall skyscrapers or anything. And uh, of course the uh, typical 1980s fashion or early 1990s fashions with the glasses and everything. I'm sure you know which ones I'm talking about. Uh, but interesting story. They were speaking in a dialect, so I wasn't able to pick up all of the things that they were saying. But the subtitles were in standard Mandarin Chinese, so I was able to read along with them. Uh, I did pick up a few words along the way. Uh, deals with a... Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a tragic comedy. Because the, the story centers around uh, this wife, this lady, who's the wife of a guy who gets his balls kicked by the village chief. And the story comes out that basically the village chief and this, this guy, the husband, got into a bit of a spat about, you know, and I guess the husband said, you, you know, you can't have children, so your, your bloodline's dead, basically. The, the village chief has four daughters, I think. And uh, so this, this guy says something about it, and so the village chief kicks him in the balls. Which, you know, uh, if you're going to mouth off about someone's family, I guess you, you sort of uh, are playing uh, a dangerous game. But 
the main character, this lady, she's pregnant with their first child. And she's very concerned that they won't be able to have any more children after because this guy's balls are hurting pretty bad. So uh, the uh, she goes through various levels. Like she takes the the matter to the village chief. The village chief says basically, you know, what's done is done. Uh, he he said some things to me that I didn't like. So that, you know, what's fair is fair. She takes it up a notch. So she goes through all these different levels of government bureaucracy. And it's, it's comical that she's very persistent and that these officials are like, wow, this peasant lady. Because she's like, this is like basically pick smallest village possible. She's from there. She makes the journey to the city. She makes the city to the, uh, the journey to the village uh, and all these different government offices to make complaints about how justice is being served. All she wants is an apology uh, and an explanation about why he did it, which... It doesn't really make sense because he does give her uh, an explanation. Like, the explanation does come out sort of throughout the story, but she doesn't accept that as the the true reason. Um, And all the while, she's believing that these government officials are sort of uh, binding together, um, that they they got each other's backs, uh, and that they're not giving full justice to what she believes should be the case, though. He offers her money to compensate for the hospital wages, the hospital fee, and the lost wages. And even the husband's like, just drop it already. I mean, let, let's move on. You're, you're going to make us that family that no one likes because, you know, you can't let this go. I mean, the husband and the village chief smooth things over, but she never uh, really accepts the uh, the judgment. So, yes, yeah, so it's, it's interesting. And it's interesting not least because of the story, but because of the snapshots of China throughout uh, the film. I mean, it, she literally, it's a, a picture of what the village life is like. Literally, the, the, the houses, or are they houses? Farmsteads? Blocks that are in the country that have, like, chickens and pigs and cows walking around all over the place. Uh, and their, their main crop, their family had, grew uh, red chili peppers. And so they took those to the city, and they would sell them off as they needed to pay for uh, whatever they had to. One of the funniest scenes of it is actually uh, when she goes to one of the smaller townships and uh, to make a complaint. And she has to go outside to get a, a complaint letter. And basically what it is is that this guy sits at a desk writing letters of complaint for whoever wants to go to the police station. And like a persuasive writer, basically. And he's like, well, how bad do you want it? Do you want him to like get shot or do you just want him to have a way of backing down? And he explains that, well, the, whenever I write a letter about people getting, you know, a very harshly worded letter, yeah, four of them have been shot, two of them have been given life sentences. If I have a method for, if I leave in a method for them to back down, then, you know, um, 23 out of however many it was uh, received, uh, got what they wanted sort of thing. So it's kind of funny to see that this sort of, business was in operation in one of the townships. And I wonder if it still exists. It, it probably does, to tell you the truth. Uh, so yeah, it was a good movie. Only an hour and a half, 85 minutes. The uh, lead lady there, uh, her name's Gong Li. I looked this up, and she's actually been in a quite a few movies that have popped up in the uh, in the West as well, like Memoirs of a Geisha. And uh, there's an, uh, Miami Vice was another one. But she had part, played some part roles and things like that. So yeah, she's... Uh, She's from Shenyang, which is northern northeast China. 
but uh, she's uh, oh, and also Red Sorghum. Red Sorghum is a famous book that was written by Mo Yan, and it's been made into a movie, and she's in that movie as a as one of the lead actresses. So yeah, it was good. 85 minutes, 90 minutes. Uh, didn't take me too long to get through, which was nice. And it was uh, entertaining enough. It wasn't one of these, you know, artistic, you know, classic movies that are kind of drag on. It was actually kind of interesting to see how life was back 30 years ago and the persistence that this lady has in, uh, you know, seeking what she believes to be true justice. Uh, and then after that, I did get some Python done, not as much. Uh, Completed the rest of Day 8's uh, studies, and that was the Hangman game. It got me thinking, actually, about building uh, a version of Hangman that's for Chinese characters, which would be which would be really helpful if I was just starting Chinese studies, but now that I'm six years into it, I wonder if it would be as useful. I'd still use it. It might be interesting to have a Chinese version or a Chinese character version of Hangman in which you have to guess the stroke of the character and if you get it wrong then you know little piece of the hangman structure gets gets drawn uh i haven't looked if there's anything like that uh, and i was kind of wondering how i'd be able to program such a thing there's got to be a way you just use the hangman structure and then you add chinese characters to it but uh the complication would be like how do you draw it would you have to animate it or would you like how could it be text-based rather than graphic-based if you get my meaning. So text-based, you can do it in a text editor, like pick a letter and then the letter shows up, right? But with a Chinese character, how do you represent the characters as it's being drawn out in totality in a text editor? That that I don't know how it would be done. Uh, so that it's a little challenge I've set for myself. If I can do it, great. If not, um, yeah, I'm not really focusing on too much just yet. And then I also started day nine. That one's going to deal a lot more with dictionaries and nested dictionaries and things like that. So probably I'll get some more of it done tonight and then finish that up tomorrow. Other than that, uh, yeah, it's a rest day from the workouts. Tomorrow back at it. Again, I'm going to hit some more of the Chinese and the, uh, uh, the Python this weekend. We do have Hopefully another, uh, well, not hopefully, I'm, I'm setting up the Zoom meeting uh, right now, basically, for uh, the podcast. So that should be recorded and then posted within the week or so. If you haven't had a chance, you can also head over to my website, stephensersky.com. I have put all of the short little blog posts I make of these audio blogs on my website. So it's under the audio blog page on my website. You go there. I have all the September ones listed. That was what I was able to get done. Uh, the prior months I haven't done just yet, but I'll get to those uh, hopefully sometime soon. So if you miss anything, you can go back and they're all listed on one page. And then what I'll do uh, once the month is over, I'll, ar- I'll archive that page. And then I will start a new page based uh, or dedicated to the October blogs. All right. Hope you guys are well. Having a good week. We'll talk again. Bye bye.